Welcome to the Now Leading Podcast, hosted by the Northwest District LCMS. We bring a Lutheran point of view to conversations on the art of leading as a follower of Jesus, through valleys, over peaks, and on the waves, following his lead in the great Northwest. Welcome to the Now Leading Podcast. This is Dust Kunkel, and man, I'm glad you're joining us again, like I always am. I mean... It doesn't get much better than having a couple of Northwest leaders talking about starting new here in the Northwest and having fun as they talk about it. And that is what this conversation today is all about. Nick and Dan have a conversation about launching their coffee roasting businesses and what it looks like to do good in community and how how it looks to navigate all of the intricacies of getting a startup started. Did I say startup started enough? Anyway. I want to encourage you to do a couple of things. One, go to nowstart.net and join the network if you haven't already done so. A network is only as good as the people who participate, and that means you and me. And two, uh, go to missiontrainingcenter.com because after this particular conversation, you may want to look at a variety of courses that are available at missiontrainingcenter.com that might help you focus on doing good in your community, sharing the love of Jesus. Well, until the next time, I hope you enjoy this incredible conversation. I'll see you around the next bend in the river. So as we kick it off today, I want to introduce you to uh, Dan Hughes. Dan graduated from the Cross-Cultural Ministry Center at Concordia, Irvine back in 2013. He's the pastor of Zion Lutheran Church in Portland, Oregon, and... November of 2020, launched Kings Hill Roasters, a roasting company with an entrepreneurial bent, but also for the sake of the gospel. It's a kingdom business, and so we're going to hear more about that. Dan's one of our cultivators for the Now Start Network, and he and his wife, Melody, have just been doing great things at trying to reach out with the gospel and encourage others to do the same. And now he's joined Now Start to be one of our volunteers helping connect other people to resources that'll help them start new ministries. And so, Dan, with that introduction, I'm going to pass it off to you. Thanks so much, Mike. Uh, hey, everybody. Uh, so let me introduce uh, my interviewee. His name is Nick Larson, and he is pastor of Living Water Lutheran Church in Clark Fork, Idaho. His church, uh, he partnered with a uh, member of his church, along with his church community, to uh, start Scotchman's Coffee which has been going on for now three years. And so I interviewed him, asked him a couple, a few key questions. My interview with Nick Larson, I will be playing it via a recording, I enhanced recording that we did via Zoom. If somebody were to bet me a million dollars that you and I in 2005, when we knew each other at Concordia, I think that's, you know, about the time you guys, you guys left to do your thing uh, in Japan or something. If somebody bet me a million dollars that you and I would both be pastors and coffee roasters 16 years later, I would not have taken that bet. <laughs> so what's led you to this, yeah. point, Nick? Give, give everyone a little bit of your, of your background and your story a little bit. How'd you end up in Clark Fork? Tra- retrace those steps for everyone who doesn't know you. Yeah, boy. Okay. Well, um, you know, Amy and I were on the mission field for three years in uh, Japan. Um, Mostly we did some other short-term stuff elsewhere. So coming back from Japan, we just found it easiest to, we were going to do one 
one year in Portland. I was going to take a few classes leading up to going to Irvine. During that time, Pastor Steve Nicodemus visited us. He he's a, a friends a friend of the family is saying it loosely. He's the the father-in-law of my sister-in-law, if that makes sense. So we have some familial ties. Anyway, he came down to visit and he said, Hey Nick, you know, I was wondering if you'd consider coming up to Clark Fork in, in Idaho and meeting some people up there, because I really see you as a good fit for, for meeting some people up there. And I looked at him and I thought, you must be nuts. I'm going to California. Um, don't you see the earring? You know, I had earrings. The um, but any, anyway, I, so, you know, I just thought, hey, we'll give God a chance if that's what he wants to do. I went up there and sat with these, you know, they were, they were all senior citizens. You know, we were all um, met in this home deep in the woods, like just totally out of my element. In fact, being in Clark Fork was, to, to Amy and I, more of a culture shock than Japan was. Because um, <laughs> it, it, it was just different. And so... Anyway, I went there and I saw people who were just on fire and passionate for Jesus. It was exciting. And we, what was supposed to be like an hour long meeting turned into like four hours of us just um, talking on fire about, about Jesus. So I came home and I shared that with Amy and we prayed about it and God bless her. She moved there sight unseen in, uh, in 2009. So that's God kind of called us to a left-hand turn there and um, I wouldn't trade it for the world. It's been an amazing journey. We um, we met with these folks in a, in a Bible study first, and then they had all been attending a Lutheran church in Sandpoint, which is 25 plus miles away, depending on where they live. And so we, we decided to do a, a little church plant, and that church plant uh, just took off and grew. There was an old ELCA congregation in town, and right away they had asked to serve them in, in any capacity. And so we talked about the differences in our theology and things why reasons why that wouldn't necessarily work but you know our congregation was definitely open to serving them in any way possible anyway like a few months later they contacted us on a saturday night and said you know look we unanimously voted to join your congregation would that be all right (laughs) so the next morning we were in a little storefront that we had rented it's just little concrete floors and folding metal chairs and so all these people left their nice comfortable little church and they came in over and sat in the storefront and so we were just like hmm what to do and so from that time on we we had basically we had merged congregations and it was beautiful um the way that god worked through all that and so yeah it's a small you know country church on the corner overlooking the mountains and it's it's really neat one thing we don't have is a lot of space, right? And so the church board and I, we've always been praying about and thinking about how to develop more space. We met with a, a contractor, drew up blueprints, you know, to do this, the typical you know, alcove and make a couple Sunday school rooms and a narthex and things like that. But then during that time, um, this restaurant came available in Clark Fork and it was right up on the highway. It was, it was spacious and, and, really nice and so we all prayed about it and the board at the time just said i don't know why and i don't know what but god's calling us to do this um and, and buy this building instead of building an extra space on onto our church you know we we acquired this um this old this restaurant up on the highway and um so i think there's a several things that, that that were playing at that time one of which is we understood that if we were to 
if we were to serve the people of, of Clark Ford in any capacity, um, it had to be different than opening up church doors because a lot of people in Clark Fork and the demographics haven't changed much. Um, 80% are unchurched. Um, a lot of people in Clark Fork just don't trust churches. Um, but do you know what they do trust? Coffee. Coffee. Coffee's like the, the great equalizer in relationships. You know, you can never, you can never be angry at the person giving you good coffee. So we, with that in mind, this, this thinking of, you know, one way to, to just reach and love people is to um, do it around the idea of coffee. Um, the church kind of thought about, okay, so what does it look like for the church to be in business? And we went through a lot of different scenarios before we came up with the current model. And um, we found out that you can't, unfortunately, run a business on like good hopes and smiles, uh, which is what we wanted to do. Um, so it was a little utopian thinking or kingdom thinking maybe that, um, Maybe we're just not as close to God's kingdom yet as uh, as that. But um, so instead, we decided two two members of our church were really in on board with this idea of, of doing some kind of coffee thing, and um, and so they said, you know, why don't we shoulder the responsibility and the risk of starting a business, and you guys own the property. And so what has happened is the church has kind of walked alongside this couple and helped them. Um, succeed in a business where I don't think a business could have thrived otherwise. So there's been several coffee shops that have come and gone in Clark Fork, several small businesses. Um, they just can't make it. There's not the, there's not the foot traffic um, throughout the year to sustain a business. But so the church really sees an opportunity to, to, you know, um, support and, and walk alongside. So, so things like paying all the utilities um, until things get going or, or forgiving rent and not in you know, a sliding scale as far as, you know, charging rent for the building um, or, and then, and then all the benefits of having a shared space and what, what the world that entails. And so because we've been able to do that, uh, we've been able to have a, a really successful partnership between the church and the coffee shop and the, the coffee shop is thriving, um, especially, you know, whole bean sales, but also the couple that, that started it, the coffee shop, shop along with us, I'll say that they work less now than they ever have. You know, that we've hired people from the community. So the, that, I, the aspect of community development, there's an economic positive, positive side to hiring people from the community that need jobs. And, and we've created a really neat, positive, uplifting space for people to come to in, in the city. Whereas before, I think the only real watering hole in town was the bar. I mean, not to say that you can't commune over a good brewski, but but it was it's it's nice and refreshing to have, to have this this place. Real quick, it sounds like it adds a lot of value to your community, with the church coming alongside to be kind of that financial support and moral support alongside it, prayer support alongside it. That this business has really really added to the value of Clark Fork in some ways. Yeah, I think so. And just having that space as well as, um, you know, the, so the church, the, the, the only use for that building isn't exclusively the coffee shop. So the church feels, you know, free reign to use that building as well. So everything from homeschool co-ops to community classes, quilting groups, arts and crafts groups. We have a soup kitchen that's been safe, faithfully giving for a year and a half, two years um, now. It's, it's just been amazing kind of the floodgate of things that you can do in an open space, you know, and, and I think 
for us as a church, we could have, we could have built the building or had an, had an addition to our building and tried to do some of these things, but there's nothing like being, being out on this, on the storefront in a place that everyone associates with just coffee and, and being able to interact with people in that way. I think our community touch point is, is magnified just because of that space. And so right now we're in the process of talking to someone else about, about starting their own business uh, as, as we walk alongside them doing another project. It's a, some martial arts self-defense school um, in a building that's alongside the building that has the coffee shop, same property. And so we see this as really exciting, an exciting way, not only to, to support people in business, but community development. We look for things that are positive for the community. And, and I, yeah, I think that's a, a really neat way that God's using this resource that he's kind of, you know, he's kind of dropped it in our laps. We didn't really know why we were supposed to buy, but really God's, God's showing that um, over and over. That's awesome. So you're actually, your church in what it's learned by coming alongside this coffee business uh, with this couple is, is also coming alongside other uh, fledgling businesses to, to kind of help support them as they get started. I think, okay. So I think that's, what's really neat is when you think, when you can, when you restart and rethink about what, what it means for church to be involved in, in commerce and in business. So often, if we were just a landowner, the objective would be to make a buck. You know, how can we make this profitable? But from the church's perspective, our outcome can be how can we best benefit the community of Clark Fork? Right. And, um, and how can we keep our doors open at the same time? So um, we don't have to think of that bottom line being dollars and cents, but we can't think of that bottom line being, you know, how can we best love people? And when I think that mind shift, that paradigm shift is, is crucial. If, we, if, if this was all about business, the doors would have closed two years ago, to be oh, honest, sure. you know. But be, because this is about loving people, it's it's thriving. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that uh, endeavors like this uh, go against the grain of the old metrics that we fall into. You know, the butts in the seats and bucks in the plate metrics. Whereas your new metrics are loving people. You know, your new metrics are uh, connecting people with one another and uh, with with Christ through adding value to the community and, and just ex extending love through, through coffee, through, through offering a gathering place, and uh, hopefully at the same time, uh, contributing economically to your city, adding value in that way. Yeah. And, you know, when you, when you describe it like that, Dan, I hear roses and rainbows, and that's awesome. But it's also <laughs> to be noted that whenever you get people together working towards goals, we get conflict too. And so for all the good that we've had, it's messy as well. And um, working, walking alongside people in conflict and hurt feelings and unmet expectations. I mean, that's all part of the reality too. So, and you know, the, let's be honest, that's, that's where the growth happens anyway. If, if it was all roses and rainbows, we wouldn't be growing, but I feel like all the hiccups along the way have also been a reason for growth. Well, it sounds like uh, your congregation was uh, really open to this, uh, to this entrepreneurial endeavor, buying this space, like what sort of culture exists in your congregation that you've been able to, uh, that they were open, open to something like this? It sounds like there's, there's kind of this discipling culture almost where they desire to be, you know, part of the community in a real significant way, or do they just kind of fall into it? Like the Holy Spirit just led them and they just kind of went. Yeah, I think for a lot of folks in our congregation, 
there's a deep desire to be real and authentic. I would even say for the majority of the people in our congregation, they've come from churches where they've been hurt or they feel like they've been betrayed. And, and it seems as though that this congregation doesn't want to be that church to the community, looking for, looking for ways to truly and really authentically love people where they're at is a huge priority for these folks. And then kind of asking about the congregational makeup with, it, we've got two services and it's almost like two different congregations. We have a, we have a, a traditional you know, liturgical service and, and which is amazing just, but it's, it looks a lot more like a Lutheran church than, than others. And we have what I just call a non-traditional service. And really, if I were going to describe that service, it would be the, it would be a family service. There's we've just got a bunch of families with small kids families with six kids and five kids and other kids with five kids and three kids and four kids. It's on most Sundays we have by and large more children than we do have uh, adults in that service. And, and really, I think the goal, the goal to, to experience Christ in, in that authentic way. Um, yeah. And so a lot of the church body isn't involved in the coffee shop per se, but we, oh, many people find a way to, interact with the soup kitchen or find a way to attend like the homeschool groups, all of which are have potential to be community touch points. And so being able to, to interact in that way and be as true and authentic as possible, I think has been the big push and a big you know, goal. That's awesome. When you talk about authentic community, I think of community that's represented by families, by a kind of an intergenerational presence, something that that's real. Like, I mean, that's what our families are made up of is, is grandparents, parents, uh, you know, kids, grandkids, that sort of thing. And to have a family makeup of a congregation, I think that's what a congregation is meant to be. You know, it's meant to be a family, a genuine family, not just like, all right, punch out, I'll see you next week, you know, sort of thing, or I'll see you next month because our kids have baseball on Sundays. Um, but, but something where you're doing stuff not only just on Sunday, but you're, you're living this out as families during the week and you have invested interest in um, loving uh, on the community together. And I think that sort of yeah. uh, model of church is uh, certainly uh, one that's the only one that's sustainable. I hope so. I really, I mean, I pray that that's the case. It's also, like I said, Dan, it's messy. Like yeah. we got a, whole, a brand new set of newfound aunts, uncles, grandmas and grandpas, you know, and when we get together as the church, we've got kids sitting on laps of people they've never met before. Right. And all this stuff, but with that intergenerational nature of the church and all that stuff, you also get a lot of different expectations that go unmet and you, get a miss in communication a lot and uh, you just get people's feelings naturally will always get hurt. And so can we see that as an opportunity for growth? Absolutely. But it's also one of the realities of, of being a messy, good, loving congregation. Sure. Sure. Um, yeah. I think uh, one of the things that I think that's a reality in all of our churches, I, I only know of a couple pastors that never complain about, uh, you know, some some sort of conflict that's happening in their church. Um, so I, I, it happens in, in every church. And I think that uh, going into a business endeavor together certainly adds some additional tensions. Tell us a little bit about, like, I don't think we've mentioned the name of your coffee shop yet. So that'll be important. Uh, so Scotchman's Coffee? Yeah, um, it's Scotchman's Coffee, scotchmanscoffee.com. There's a, there's a peak nearby called Scotchman's Peak. 
a lot of people come. It's kind of a destination for people to go hike that peak. I'll, I'll just mention uh, our so our friend, the the business owner, uh, Dustin Hoffman, and his wife Robin. They they own it. And and if you just if you take time to go to scotchmanscoffee.com and take a look at the artwork, all the artwork is done by Dustin. He's a phenomenal artist. He's a brilliant creative mind. And, and all the artwork and and all the some of their inside jokes, but they're all about local. Um, local lore and local fun and so there's a yeah there's there's a there, we have we're on lake pondere and it's spelled p-e-n-d and then um o-r-e-l-l-e-e-i-l-l-e and it's a it's a french spelling spelling so we have a copy it's called pond water p-e-n-d water and then it has a it has the a picture of a the, the the mythical creature, the Pondre Paddler, which, you know, <laughs> is supposed to haunt our lake there. So anyway, just fun, local, and, and we like to think that we roast pretty good coffee, as I'm sure Kingsale does as well. <laughs> Excellent. So, How involved are you in the roasting process? Yeah, I'm one of two roasters. Um, Dustin, he and his wife started the business. He and I kind of learned roasting together, it's kind of side by side, and we kind of take turns uh, roasting he has another business and i you know i've got the church and so you know when i'm real busy he'll he'll step in and and take over and do my portion and when he's really busy and so for right now it's just us two we um we're now roasting on a, a dietrich 12 uh, kilogram roaster which makes it a lot easier when we first started out it was a one kilogram at a time oh, wow. and so um when our, when our orders were getting busy i mean we were roasting late into the night early in the morning it's just trying to get those orders out. But now uh, we're, we seem to be able to stay on top of it with our larger roaster. That's awesome. Cool. So you're really hands-on in that whole process of the coffee roasting as well. And uh, that gives you a special ownership of it of, above and beyond your church coming alongside. So that, that's pretty, yeah, that's pretty neat. Yeah, it does. Um, but, you know, I, I want to, I do want to say that that's always been just a, a passion of mine. As soon as we got started, I was like, oh man, I want to get my hands on this thing. I want to roast. And I kind of, and I see that my time roasting is also an investment in the community. We'll often have people stop by the roasting room and hang out while we're roasting coffee and chit chat and talk. So I, I see that as a way for me to invest in the community in a special way to be involved in the coffee, coffee shop. You know, I don't take any money from the coffee shop. I'm not, I'm, that's kind of my, my support for the coffee shop is, is roasting coffee in that way. And then, you know, my, my end goal is that the coffee shop thrives and the church thrives, and then we can kind of coexist that way. What advice would you give perhaps pastors uh, who are desiring to enter into a co-vocational sort of uh, entrepreneurial endeavor uh, alongside pastoral ministry, or even uh, pastors to help cultivate the, the dreams of entrepreneurs within their uh, congregation and how they might uh, come alongside those people uh, in, within their congregations to help fund, support businesses uh, that uh, will add value to the community and be another gathering place within the community, potentially for uh, ministry endeavors? You know, I don't, I don't know if I can give a lot of advice. I think each situation is going to be pretty different. What I, what I do believe firmly in is I hear about um, entrepreneurial stuff getting going in churches. I know that there's a lot of wisdom in leaning into the, the business side of things and being wise and smart on business. And I trust other people on my board to be that for me. Um, but I, 
I've found that when I, in, in my leading and in, in any directing that I can do, if I can lean into the kingdom of the right, God's eternal kingdom, as much as possible, I know there's wisdom to be had, and we have to follow business wisdom. When the church gets into business, our goals are different. You know, our goals aren't necessarily to make money unless you have to make, you know, ends meet. But, but that's not our goal, you know. And so, you know, I think of, you know, Paul's tent making ministry or whatever, whatever you, you think of in that regard. It's um, this, this business opportunity is a way, is an opportunity to love people, not make necessarily maybe an opportunity to make money. And so if we can just break even or, hey, listen, if we can run in the red for a while and we can make that work and if, and, and if we're meeting our goal of loving people and, and having the building those authentic relationships, then I say green light. Let's go. So often I think, though, we, we, get, we get scared when we look at, you know, what business ought to be or what business should be. But my my bent, my my leaning is always to lean into God's eternal kingdom. And I you know, at this point, I know his grace covers us. His grace is um, sufficient to, to make things work. And, and I'm, that's not the, I don't want to run anything into the ground, but at this point, that's not happening at all. It's the opposite. God's really blessing and, and we're seeing a lot of thriving going on. That's wise, Nick. I think uh, I, I want to echo that sentiment as well. Um, as when we started Kings Hill Roasters, we anticipated running in the red for a while. And uh, our goal is not to make money. It's it's to help support the community and help support others and help fundraise for organizations that are doing good. And I feel the same way. Like I wouldn't have the passion to do this if it was all about making money, if it was all about just the business side of things. And I think personally, there's a lot of very much business-minded folks that we're, we're, and in some ways the church, we're trained to think about the, the money in the plate sort of uh, sort of metric. But what if we thought about these entrepreneurial endeavors as, as much more than that? It's not about money in the plate. It's about, uh, you know, working in God's kingdom, you know, that, that right-hand kingdom aspect of, of ministry and just, you know, entering into the, the, the business place. It seems like uh, more churches, everywhere I look, there's churches that have some sort of, uh, sort, some sort of business going that I'm not aware of. And it's like, in the LCMS, wow, we've, we've really fallen behind on this. There's, there's, other, these, there's other denominations. Like I think about uh, the Oregon Public House near Concordia. Have you ever been there? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the nonprofit, the Oregon's first nonprofit pub, uh, and they are loosely affiliated with the church, but they're they're truly there, adding value to their community, and they're not really in it to make money. They're in it to hire employees and uh, be a blessing and uh, to have a gathering space for people. And it's just around beer rather than coffee. And the reason <laughs> I'm in coffee rather than beer personally is because. There's a whole lot more red tape to jump through to, to brew beer and, <laughs> and to sell it than, than there is coffee. Absolutely. Get yourself in a lot less trouble drinking a couple cups of coffee than a couple cups of beer, Dan. That is true. That is true. Yeah, yeah. Driving home's a little bit safer, hopped up on caffeine uh, rather than the other thing. Um, <laughs> definitely. So Scotchman's Coffee is, uh, how long have you guys been in operation? Oh, boy. I think we're coming up on three years. Three years. Okay. I think that's all the questions I have for you. Is there is there anything else you'd like to add to all those who have gathered for this now start gathering? They will they will see this a little bit later, um, and they won't be able to ask you your questions directly. So I'll have to answer for you. So <laughs> I don't know. No, I have nothing. Go love people. That's okay. It. Awesome. And get chickens, right? 
chicken you're, you're a yeah uh, listen raise chickens we're raising pigs right now we're raising chickens for meat right now oh boy the homestead is is uh popping awesome yeah. well hey thanks nick for your time i really appreciate it and god's god's infinite blessings on what's happening in clark fork and uh um it clearly he's he's blessing your ministry there and the business endeavor as well and through living water the community so, I, you know, I'm, I'm thankful to see it when, when things like that happen. Thanks for your encouragement, Dan. I appreciate you. I'm praying for you, praying for King Phil, and thanks a lot. You just listened to the Now Leading Podcast, hosted by the Northwest District LCMS. Leadership conversations from a Lutheran point of view for Christian leaders of all kinds. Take a moment after this podcast, and with everything you've just heard in mind, consider at least one action that you will take. Then go and make it happen.